Well, good morning. I'm so glad that you are here and looking forward to worshiping together with you this morning. And uh, if you're a guest, we want to say a special welcome to you. Thanks for being here. We would love to connect with you. Uh, you can either fill the card out in the pew back that is in front of you, or you can go online to our website, sbcr.org, and there's a button that says, I'm new. And so in person or online, you're welcome to use that link, and we'd link, and we would love to connect with you um, to know who's worshiping with us today. I want to make you aware of a couple things that are happening this week, and um, just so you can uh, look to be a part of that. Um, uh, Brother Steve is leading um, folk, anybody that's interested to go um, to Little Rock uh, just after uh, the service shortly after and go into the Right to Life March that's happening there. And so um, hopefully you can join uh, him in that. Also this evening we are having our uh, Sunday night service at 5 o'clock. We are wrapping up our final uh, session of our prayer study, and let me just encourage you this way, uh, even if you haven't been to the others, uh, maybe you've caught some of them, maybe you haven't caught any of them, um, I, I just really want to encourage you, I think this one is be as important in the life of our church as any of them that we've done, and so if at all possible, I want to ask you, if you would make plans, come back tonight, 5 o'clock, and be a part of that study, uh, we meet right here, again, you don't have to uh, been a part of the others. It, it, it'll be a it'll be a good night together. I hope you'll join us for that. Um, our Wednesday night activities are happening and taking place, so take note of those. One other thing I want to make you aware of is next Sunday, immediately following our worship service, I will be hosting an interest meeting for anybody interested in going to Ghana, Africa, uh, this summer. And so, if you're interested in being a part of that mission trip. Uh, would you make plans to stay? Uh, we won't try to have an extended time, but do, do want to share information with you. We do want to try to get an idea of who might be interested. Obviously, it is an international trip, and so uh, there's some things that we need to start thinking about and potentially working on uh, in the very near future. And so uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Again, that's next Sunday, immediately following service. Um, We've been doing some planning and some thinking for some things in, in, in uh, the months ahead, and so excited to share some of those details uh, with you as we have opportunity. Uh, grateful that you're here, looking forward to worshiping the Lord together. Um, just want to take a moment and ask the Lord to bless our time together, to help us to focus on Him, and to honor Him uh, in all that we say and do today. So let me lead us in a word of prayer. Lord, you are gracious and kind and merciful. We thank you for today. We thank you for how you love and care for us. I pray that, God, you would be glorified. Lord, help us to um, worship you in spirit and in truth. God, thank you so much for your love and affection toward us. And uh, we ask you to be with us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We just stand as we sing, Take My Life, Holiness. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. 
thousand lines till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle Who 
Amen. If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you turn to the book of Nehemiah in chapter 10. Nehemiah chapter 10, as we continue our time together in this chapter. For those of you wondering, no, I haven't lost my mind and, and gone back and just going to preach it again. If you remember, I didn't get all the way through last week's message, and so uh, you were gracious enough to come back and let me finish it, so hallelujah. Um, I, by the way, I'm uh, here in a little bit. I will be preaching on giving, and so today I wore my glasses. That way, when you make faces at me, I can take them off, and I can't see a, a thing, so... Um, I'll preach, I'll take them off and preach real hard, then I'll put them back after you get happy again, and uh, um, no, I'm just kidding, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and I need to take my contacts out for a little bit, so uh, there's been no, anyway, I'll, I'll get myself in trouble, I keep going down that road, but um, Nehemiah chapter 10, and we're continuing this message of um, devotion, this 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 commitment of returning to the Lord. So we've titled it, I've titled it Return or Bust. Return or Bust. And we're going to read the text in just a moment. We're going to begin in, in chapter 10 and verse uh, 32 is where we'll be reading from in just a moment. We'll read to the end of the chapter. And so uh, before we do, let me give ourselves a, a running start, if you will, of where we were, that way we pick up, we can just continue on in the text. And so, uh, do it a little bit differently this morning, but if you're taking notes this morning, you remember from last week, that the main idea is total devotion is the only way to return to the Lord. You remember Nehemiah is this um, a text in which the people of God are returning. They're coming back from exile and they brought back and, and there's the rebuilding of the wall and, and, and all the return of the physical parts that need to take place. But now there, there's this spiritual return. Something far more important than just rebuilding the wall, although that was important, but this spiritual returning to the Lord. Because if they had a pretty city that they could defend well, but they were as far from God as ever had been, then it's of no use. It's of no value. What does it matter in the end? But if they return to the Lord spiritually, and then God is ready to do some incredible things. And so uh, I want us to walk away from our time together of going total devotion is the only way to return to the Lord. That it may be that you're walking quite well with the Lord, or it may be that you've, you've made some good strides, or it may be you look and go, I'm not totally away from the Lord. I'm not totally abandoned everything. But there's some things that I, I need to get right. There's some things I need to get placed. Then, then man, I, I want to encourage you this morning. The only way to return to God is, is just being all in, to being sold out to it, uh, sold out to Him, rather. And so the question then, are you ready to totally return to the Lord? Are you ready to get back to doing some things or maybe start doing some things that you know God has called you to? Spending time with Him and, and serving Him and, and so on and so forth. We're going to talk about some of those things. And so last week we were able to cover the first two points out of the four major ideas that we had uh, from last week's message. Number one, we must return uh, to our commitment to the Word of God. 
We began in verse 38 and, and, and continued on down. Um, and you remember that, that in verse 38 tells us, hey, we're going to make a covenant. The leaders get together, we're going to make a covenant. And in the, the first uh, 20 plus verses there in, in the text of chapter 10, it's the detailing of who signed their name on the dotted line. Remember we talked about that this wasn't just lip service, this wasn't just going, hey, this is a good idea, this is something we ought to do, but rather they put their name on the dotted line saying we are covenanting together, we are agreeing together, we are rallying together saying what we're going to do. They're not making a new covenant, really what they're doing, we said this last week, they are agreeing together, they are covenanting together to come back to the covenant, to keep the covenant. God had made a covenant saying, this, I, you shall be my people, and here's how you ought to follow me. Here's how you worship me. Here's how you serve me. And they had gotten away from that. And so the people of God are going, we don't need a new covenant. We just need to return back to what God had established. And that's what they did. And so they returned back to the Word of God. The, uh, the Torah is the idea here, the first five books of the Bible. And so they have this reading of the law. They're convicted, going, man, I, I need to get back to that. And that's what happens. They commit to the Word of God. And we talked about the importance of you and I in our everyday walk. You and I in living out this faith in which the Lord has called us to, we have to put the utmost importance in the Word of God. That you need the Word of God every day. You need to spend time, in the, I need to spend time in the Word of God every day. And just how vital and how important that is to all that we do. If the only time you ever get fed the Word of God is on Sunday morning, um, be it in, in Bible study or be it here during this time, then you are malnourished. And so, number one, we must return to the commitment of the Lord. Number two, we said last week, we must renew what is sacred to the Lord. There's some things that are set apart unto the Lord and to the Lord only. And the people of God realized how important this was. And so what were those things that were sacred? First of all, we said it was themselves. And we talked about the value of human life. And the reason human life is so valuable is because it bears the image of God. Today, being Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, folks, I can't tell you I don't think we can stress enough how serious we need to take this issue of sanctity of human life. We can't overprotect the human life. And now I shared with you last week that I realize in our nation there's a lot of abortion, there's a lot of abuse, there's a lot of things that happen, and there's a lot of ladies women who have had abortions, and I shared with you last week my heart about that, that it is not the unpardonable sin. It is not the sin in which separates you from Almighty God in which you never can receive forgiveness. There's forgiveness at the foot of the cross. But friend, I will say this. Any nation that begins to attack human life and the value of human life in, which way we, in, in, in the way that we have stands in the way of judgment of God. 
And you and I have to do all that we can to go, this is what, separate, this is, what is sacred to the Lord. We've got to protect human life. We've got to commit ourselves unto the Lord. I don't care what, what logo you have when you go to the polls. I couldn't care less, but I'm telling you, friend, we better value human life in every area of our country that we can. Amen? Okay, you're still awake. I can't tell, remember, I, so I, I need your help this morning. So they set themselves apart for the things of God. Secondly, they set themselves apart, the, the, the Sabbath apart to the Lord. They hadn't been honoring the Sabbath. They had not been having a time in which they rested. They had not been protecting, going, man, we're going to give this day to the Lord, to, that we have a sense of renewal, that we can serve the Lord the other days in a way that is honoring and pleasing to Him. And I wanted to pause here for just a moment, and I talked about the importance of Sabbath. I talked about, I think we face some of the things that we do in our country in terms of anxiety and depression and those sorts of things, and not saying those aren't real issues. They very much are real issues. And there are times that, that medicine needs to intervene, and, and man, we need help with talking through and, and dealing with those things. Absolutely. But I also believe there's some of it we put ourselves in those positions because we don't honor the Word of God the way that we should. And again, I, I'm not saying it's going to fix everything. I realize there, there's chemical imbalances. There's a lot of things of life that we have to deal with. But I also believe that, man, if we'd just be careful to make sure that we protect and we honor the Lord, not just by giving ourselves, but going, man, God has established a pattern in which He created things, but He had a day of rest. He had a time in which there was some refreshment and renewal. And let me, let me say this, because I, I do want to be careful here, because ultimately our rest is found in Jesus. Our, our identity is found in Christ, and that we have rest in Him. And then the, the ultimate fulfillment of this is rest, the, the promise of rest in heaven and, and, and the fulfillment of what God has done for us. But I believe there's some practical application. I talked about this last week, but I also want to say this. We, we've got to be really good at reading and learning seasons of life. That There are seasons, there are times in which I understand that jobs and, and professions are very, very demanding. And, and sometimes maybe we need to make changes and sometimes maybe we don't in, in terms of those, those professions. But if you have a profession in which calls you to be very, very demanding and there may even be brief seasons in which you can't observe a, a, a Sabbath, you can't have a day of rest in which um, is patterned at, we've got to learn seasons and going, okay, there may be a season in which it's ultra demanding, but then I've also got to find seasons where there's some other, other rest. There's some times where I can really be renewed and refreshed and get fresh oil. And so we've got to learn that and, and apply that to our lives and, and allow the Word of God to direct us in that. And so they not only set themselves apart, they set the Sabbath apart, and then they set the land apart. That they were supposed to farm to harvest and, and till and, and plant and harvest um, six years and on the seventh years to be a year of rest. And the idea was the trusting of the Lord that in those six years, God is going to provide such an abundance that will be, provide provision or it will make provision for the seventh year in which we trust the Lord. And it's just this setting aside and trusting the Lord in that. And so now, 
you didn't think I'd get here. We're going to look at number three and number four, but I've given you a few minutes to sit down. So I'm now going to ask you in Nehemiah chapter 10, beginning in verse 32, if you found your place, will you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God? Also, we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, and for the regular burnt offerings of the Sabbath and the new moons, and the set feasts for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel and all the work of the house of God. We cast lots among the priests, the Levites, and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God, according to our Father's houses at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of the ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of the trees, year by year, to the house of the Lord. To bring the firstborn of the sons and our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God. To the priests who ministered in the house of our God. To bring, offer, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit of all kinds of trees, the new wine, oil. To the priests, to the storerooms, and to the house of our God. And to bring the tithes to our land and the Levites. The Levites should receive all the tithes in, our, in all our farming communities. And the priests, the descendants of Aaron, shall be the Levites when the Levites receive tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God and the, uh, to the rooms of the storehouse. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the, uh, the offering of the grain and the new wine and oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuaries are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are. And we will not neglect the house of our God. Let me pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. God, thank you for your word and the truth of your word. Give me every word to say, nothing more, nothing less. God, I pray that you would honor this time together. Help us to be obedient to you. And I pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. And so here we are. We're talking about total devotion returning to the Lord. And are you ready to totally devote yourselves in returning to the Lord? And that started with returning to the Word of God, and then it continued to, to set apart which, was, which is sacred to the Lord. We give ourselves to the Lord. We give our, our rest, our, our work and our rest unto the Lord, and we trust Him to provide. That He gives provision in such a way that we're faithful to be obedient to the Word of God. And so now here we are, we go to number three, we look at number three, and we must renew the value of the house of God. And now here's the reality. I, I, I realize I hear some of you thinking this morning already, uh, man, God has blessed us with an inc incredible facilities, right? Uh, many of you have given sacrificially, you have served, you've worked, you've been in the attics, you've, you've, you've helped clean, you've helped do so much to provide uh, incredible facilities. And we, and we live in a day and time in which we, um, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of my generation and even younger, uh, are, are talking about the devaluation of, of a building. And, and yes, I realize, I hear my contemporaries say that the church is more than a building. And to that, I wholeheartedly say amen. The church is the people because, uh, God forbid, something were to happen and this facility gets wiped off of the face of the earth tomorrow, Second Baptist Church still exists. Right? We still exist because we are the body. However... I also believe 
that it is, a, it is important. Number one, God has given this. We have a, a responsibility to be a good steward. I also believe it's a physical representation of the spiritual body, the, even the physical body of the people here in this community. Because people understand, people see the building, they see the facility, and they identify, hey, that's Second Baptist Church. Although you and I would wholeheartedly agree that this building is not the church, it's the people. However, God uses the facility and has allowed us to use it to do and to provide and see ministry happen. And so here's the people of God in Nehemiah's day. They have restored the temple. They are working to restore the worship. And they have rebuilt the wall, and now they're returning to the Lord. And they began with the Word of God. They be, then they moved to themselves, what's sacred to the Lord. And now I want you to listen to the text in verses 32 through 34 of chapter 10. And it says here, Also we made ordinance for our, ordinances for ourselves, to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel, for the service of, if you mark or underline your Bible in these few verses, I want you to mark or underline house of, of the Lord or house of our God. He says we yearly one third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God. Verse 33. For the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbath, the new moons. And the set feast for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. And all the work of the house of our God. And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 34. We also cast lots among the priests, the Levites, and people for bringing wood offering into the house of our God. There it is again. According to our Father's houses at the appointed times year by year to, the, uh, to burn on the altars uh, of the Lord our God as it is written in the law. So what's happened here? As they were returning to the Lord and they were returning to the Word of God, they get under conviction about some things, and that's what they're dealing with. They dealt with themselves, going, man, we've, we've not been careful to separate ourselves from the world. They had intermarried. They had allowed themselves to marry individuals which the Word of God had condemned because they were worshiping idols. And so they said, man, we've got to separate ourselves. Also, we've been, we've been trying to take advantage of the Sabbath day, and, and technically we're not working, but we're still working. And also, we've not been careful to uh, make sure, and, and make sure that, that we work hard the six years and then let the, the land rest the seventh year and trusting in the Lord and His provision. And now here they go. They, they're continuing to look and go, man, we've not been faithful to give and take care of the house of God. Uh, the way that the Lord has commanded us to. And so in their covenant, go, man, we're going to get back to this. We're going to restore the one-third of the shekel. We're going to restore of giving to the house of God. Listen uh, again. And he says, we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves one uh, yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of God. Go, man, there, there's going to be, in, in their day and time, this was a temple tax. This was a tax that, was, that they took part in. They covenanted together, we're going to do this so that it can go to the temple. It can go and make sure that it is taken care of and all the things that are needed there to carry out the ministry are there. Verse 33, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbath, uh, the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. So they're just naming how this is going to be used, that, that ministry 
is going to take place and they're going to be able to fulfill the word of God because the financial resources will be there to take care of that. He says, in all the work, the end of verse 3, all the work of the house of our God. And then they go on, they cast lots among the priests, the Levites and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God. You know what's interesting? Uh, experts and, and, and commentaries say, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any clear indication that this was commanded in Scripture, this specifically, this job. But what happens here is, man, it's an opportunity for people to serve. It's an opportunity to serve the Lord. And, and some say that, that this likely was done because wood was a precious commodity. Because, especially considering ministry, because all the burnt offerings and all the things that had to be taken... And so what they're saying is there were some that could not contribute. We're going to see in a moment about first fruits of animals and different things. There were some that maybe didn't have those things and couldn't contribute, but then many of them had wood. They could contribute in that way. And so here the people of God coming together going, we've got to have this. And oh, by the way, here's a need. No, it's not commanded in Scripture, but we know it's got to be, uh, it's needed to, to continue the ministry in the house of God. So you know what? Let's go ahead and plan to have this taken care of and put in place. And that's what they do. The wood offering to the house of our God, according to our Father's houses at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. And so the people see, man, we've got to get serious about taking care of the house of God. Hey, by the way, not long before this, Haggai had some strong words about the condition of the house of God. Haggai 1, 3 through 4, it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? And you skip on down to verse 9. He says, you look, uh, you look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of house, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Saying, okay, what's the application then, preacher? How do we listen here? I, I think we need to understand, <clears throat> obviously, in this day and time, the temple was the, the dwelling place of God. It was, a play, it was the, the epicenter of all the life and ministry and activity that took place in that day. God was using people outside of that, but that was the visible, that was the physical representation. I mean, it was a, the, in the temple, you had the Holy of Holies. It was the, and the, the Spirit of God rested there. And now here we are in the new covenant and the spirit of God doesn't rest in a physical place. It certainly doesn't rest in a physical place here at 1100 North Frankfurt Avenue, but it rests in an individual, right? That you and I as believers, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then you and I as a church, as individuals, we have come together, we have covenanted together going, man, we're going to serve the Lord. We are going to carry out the ministry of the church, the local church and what God has called us to. But friends, I would tell you this, that we also have a responsibility to recognize, yes, I understand this building is not the church in the sense that we understand and know the church to be. However, this is a resource and a facility in which God has given us to help make sure that we are able to continue to do ministry here in this neighborhood, in this community, in this city and beyond. This is not a temple in the sense that we come and just come here and everything happens here, but rather it's a launching pad. 
This is base in which we send people out. We send each other out. Going, We realize not all ministry happens here, but there is ministry that happens here. And so as you and I look around, we need to be careful to make sure that we do all that we can to give our very best so that we can upkeep and take care of it, the things in which God has given us. Now let me hit pause and say something very clearly here. I'm going to take these glasses off so I can't see you, okay? Um, I mean, you can slip out the back now. That's a great opportunity, so I won't have any idea who it is. <laughs> we have to be careful with this. Because sometimes what happens when we start talking about these things and the importance of giving so that we can maintain facilities or that we can help. And I, I realize it's hard. It's hard to give in a way that we can update the carpet or whatever the case may be, whatever may need to be done. But what happens is sometimes we want to give and then we want our name somewhere. Or we want some plaque on something or we want... And I understand people want to give a memory and legacy, and I understand the sentiment behind that. But dear friend, we need to be very careful in the manner in which we give, because the manner in which we need to give is a way, go, man, I just want to give so that ministry can continue, so that we can uh, honor the Lord with what we have and how we use it. And not for our own gain and not for our own recognition. And they said, look, we've got to return back to the things of God. And one of the ways we do that is we need to make sure we're giving and taking care of the temple in which we have. And now let me qualify this. I realize today's a little bit tough because we start talking about giving and we all get nervous and uptight and clench our fists maybe. I do want to say this. I realize many of you give extremely faithfully. I'm sure you do. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all that you do. And so some of you this morning, it may be going, amen, man, I, I praise God. That's exactly where I'm at and rejoicing in all that God is doing. And there may be some this morning going, man, preacher, you're stretching me some. The word is stretching me. It's calling me to be more faithful here. And then some of you maybe want to get mad, but now I'll just tell you this, friend. I just, this is why I preach verse by verse and book by book. is because I didn't look and go, you know what, our financial state, let me find something about giving. Or last week it was down, so let me find a text about giving. Or this week was up, let me... No, and you just preach through... It just hits us right where it hits us. And so, friend, I'm just saying that, man, if we're going to be obedient to the things of God and we're going to be faithful, we're going to be faithful in giving to the work of the house of the Lord. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. No matter what God has given us, we need to be faithful with it. And so here we are, number four. We must renew our priority to giving. I know it's a follow-up to the previous one, but I want you to look with me as we walk through this and listen to verses 35 and following. 
I want you to circle, mark, or underline anytime you see first fruits. And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord. And to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God. To bring the first fruits of our dough and our offerings, our, the fruit of all kinds of trees, the new wine, oil, to the priests and to the storerooms, to the house of our God. And to the bring the tithes of our land to the Levites, to the Levites, uh, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priests, the descendants of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithe to the house of our God, to the rooms of, our, of the storehouse. And the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain and the new wine and oil to the storeroom where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. I know it feels like a nuance, but there's a subtle shift here. In the first few verses, you have the idea of the temple tax, and there's some things that are restored. Go, man, we need to give in such a way that the house of God is able to be taken care of. It's able to be, be updated. Everything that needs to be done, the, the ministry that's taking place, but then they go beyond that, and they, they look to what God has called them to do in their giving. And they use the, we see in this text the, the word tithe. And in your notes or in your Bible, I want you to write this. I want you to write tithe equals the tenth. It equals tenth. Why well, do I want you to be aware of that? Because sometimes we uh, mis, miscommunicate talking about giving, going, well, I, I tithe, but I don't, I don't quite give 10%. Well, friend, I, I want to I carefully encourage you this morning that a tithe is 10%. That you and I, if, if we're giving, you know, even in, in Nehemiah's day and time, if somebody came up and said, look, I'm tithing, I'm giving 8%, but I'm tithing, the correction be made. No, you're not. It, it's not a tithe. A tithe is a tenth. And that, that was what was appropriate for Nehemiah's day. And now let me go on to say this, is that, okay, now this is Old Testament preacher and we still called the tithe. And, and in the New Testament, we have more about giving and money, but we don't have a whole lot given specifically about the word tithe. And as New Testament believers and, and under the New Covenant, we called the tithe. And here's the reality. I can't give you chapter and verse in the New Testament going, man, you're to give this, this tithe in the sense that we understand about the Old Testament. But I will say this, is that Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is the most exhaustive passages that we have about giving. And I'll tell you this, is what he makes a case for is what I believe is that if the Old Testament saints and, and the fulfilling of this law and trying to fulfill this law were giving, then certainly, uh, the giving a tenth, then certainly me, who's under the new covenant, who's experienced the, the blood of Jesus, that we're worshiping the King of kings, and he's given us life as a ransom for all. And if this gospel of old will not fail, it will not faint, then I believe certainly, at minimum, I am called to at least tithe. That being under the new covenant, yes, it sets me free. But listen, you know what it sets me free? It doesn't set me free to do less. Hello, church. It sets me free to do more. 
That I'm not under the new covenant. I've not experienced the salvation of Jesus so that I can shrink back from the mission in which God's called me to. But rather, He set me free and He's given me freedom and all the resources that I have. Not so that I can look and go, what is the minimum I can do to get by with? But rather, going, yes, I'm free in Jesus. I have a promise of eternal life. And so He has given me that which He has given me so that I can do more for the kingdom, not what's minimal. And friend, I just want to say this. If you and I are sitting in a place in which we go, I'm going to just give what's minimal. I'm going to just give what's required. Then I actually believe I can make a biblical argument. You might ought to just keep what you're giving. You might actually be better off just not giving at all. Because the Bible says this, God loves a cheerful giver. And how dare you and I get to a place in which the God of all creation, who by the way, the Bible says owns the cattle on a thousand hills and owns the hills too, somehow needs what I give. See, dear friend, giving is more about what you need than what God needs. And so listen to the text with me then this morning. Not from, am I required to give a ten? Not is there a specific number, but rather listen to the challenge in which is laid before us. Verse 35, And we made ordinances. They're covenanting together to come back to the Word of God to bring the first fruit of our ground and the first fruits of all the uh, fruit of the trees year by year to the house of God. Listen, they're not just saying I'm, I'm to give a tithe, I'm to give the 10%, but they're saying I'm giving what's first. I, I, I'm not making sure all the bills are paid and making sure all the things are taken care of. And then if I have 10% left at the end, I'm going to give that. But no, they're going, we're going to write that check first. We're, man, if we're gathering 100 apples, we're taking 10 of them. And, and man, they're doing it on everything. And I realize there's, a, there's certainly, we see it in the New Testament, there's a level of legalism that can come along with that. But they're going, this is important for us to give. Verse 36, to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle. And he realized they were called to give their firstborn to the Lord. And the way in which they didn't do that is they gave a sacrifice that would redeem the firstborn to the Lord. And the firstborn of our herds and our, our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of, the Lord, uh, of our God. To bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine, the oil, to the priests, to the storerooms of the house of our God, and to bring the tithe of our land to the Levites, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priests, the descendants of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive tithes, and the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tenth of the tithes to the house of our God and to the rooms of the storehouses. And so what are they giving to? They're giving to the ministry. But they're giving to the, mini- they're giving to the ministry. They're giving to the Lord. But in that giving to the Lord, it helped care for those that were doing the ministry. And now listen. I am not any more a priest than you are. 
Because under the new covenant, the Bible calls us all priests. Because we have direct access as believers to the Lord Jesus. Anybody on our staff is not any more priest than you are. And the Lord's called you to confess your sins to Him. He's the one that forgives. He's the one that atones for salvation. But He has called us out to help lead. Now listen, to help lead in the work of the ministry, not to do all the work of the ministry. That God has called us to lead in such a way that helps equip you, helps equip our church, that you can go and do the work of the ministry. I get it. I hope you're as uncomfortable as I am this morning. As you read this and go, we can't get any way around it. Man, if we're going to study the Bible, we've got to study the Bible for what it is and what it says here. And what they're doing is they had set up a temple tax to take care of the house of God. They're giving offerings in such a way that can be offered, but they're also giving in such a way to provide and care for the ministers that are happening, that, that's happening. Now listen, the ministers were called to give as well. I'm not exempt from this. Our staff is not exempt from this. That we are called to the same level of accountability here. And that's what's happening here. Why? Because God calls us. I mean, in reality, it's all His, right? Sometimes we miscommunicate. Of, uh, we get paid and say, Boy, I'm, I'm going to give God what's His. Well, the next time you do it, just turn the paycheck over and sign the back of it and just give that. Amen. There's no amen there, I guarantee you. (laughs) But because it's all his, right? It is all his. And I realize again that that there's no tithe in which we see that that we understand the Old Testament, the New Testament. You know, wherever you fall on that is fine. But I'm just telling you, friend, that as a New Testament believer, man, under the blood of Jesus, I don't believe in any way he has called us to shrink back, but rather he's given us an opportunity to do more. So he says in 38, And the priests, the descendants of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of the God and to the, uh, of our God to the rooms of the storehouse. Verse 39, For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine and the oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are. And we will not neglect the house of our God. Well, what a commitment. What a commitment. Man, there's a lot of great things in our community. There's a lot of great things that we get exposed to that are incredible, incredible ways to give. There's some great nonprofits. There's some great ways in which to be a blessing to people. But friend, there is not, there is not a greater way to make an impact with your resources than giving through the local church. Let me say that again. There is not a greater way to make an impact with which God has entrusted you with your resources than through the local church. I believe that with every fiber of my being. Why? Because out of all the nonprofits and all the great things that are out there, there is one institute, there is one establishment from the God of all creation, and that is the local church. 
in which God ordained, God has set aside to use the local church for the advancement of his kingdom. And so, friend, I would just challenge you to be faithful to give to your local church in the way that God has called you. And I would say this, if there are guests in our here or online that attend somewhere else, that are, then be faithful in your giving. And I'll, you can't outgive the Lord. You can't do it. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Man, I, I just don't believe, and I don't know everybody's story in here, I just don't believe there's anybody in here that would stand up and give a testimony and go, man, I... One time I just gave so much to the, to the local church, to the ministry, that it really ended up, it was a detriment to me. But I believe if we had time for people to stand up in this room, there would be testimony after testimony when God prompted your heart and you were faithful to give. And you question it, go, man, how in the world is this going to happen? But you were faithful to give, and God met your need and provided every time. I believe with all my heart there'd be testimony after testimony after testimony of that. Why? Because God honors his word. Did you hear what he said? He said, honor the Lord with your possession, with the first fruits of your increase. And listen. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now listen, I'm not telling you, well, you give $1,000 today, you're going to have $10 million tomorrow. But I am telling you this, is that if you'll be faithful in the way that God has called you to give, and you'll give cheerfully, the Bible says God's never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging for bread. Do you realize Malachi, God says, try me in this? Give and try me. And see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you. And again, I'm not saying you give a check today and there's going to be some fancy new ride in your car tomorrow. But man, I just wonder if we'd be faithful in giving it, if we might see more baptisms, if we might see more salvation, and might see God provide in ways and do things that we never dreamed of. Why is this important? Because Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart is also. When we get to a place that we radically trust the Lord in such a way that we give sacrificially, that we give above and beyond, that's the heart, that's the person that God blesses. Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Winston Churchill said this, he said, we make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give. Friend, I, I, I don't know where you're at in this. I don't know where you're at in this discipline of opportunity of giving. 
But I just want to challenge you. Maybe you're able to take one step forward. Go, man, I, I can be more faithful in this way. I can be more consistent in this way. I can give more this way. And again, I realize there's some of you probably sitting in here, and man, oh man, you're experiencing the blessing of God just because you, you're so faithful, so, so faithful to give. Man, I thank God for that. But I really believe God really wants to do some things through our church in the days ahead. And it's going to take you and I returning to the Lord, committing to be together through this, faithfully, sacrificially, above and beyond, not going, man, what is the minimum I can give? But knowing, man, God's called me to faithfully give this week in and week out or however it is. And all that begins, all that flows out of a relationship with Jesus. A cheerful heart is able to give in that way because they understand what Jesus has done for them. You may be here this morning saying, Pastor Chris, I've never surrendered my heart and life to Jesus. Man, I'd say begin there. The first step in that is giving your, your life to Him, going, God, here I am, I'm yours, totally, freely, without reservation. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here in just a moment, I'm going to lead into time of prayer. And when we get done, I want to invite you. And if you pray and ask Jesus to save you, come and meet me down here. It may be that you pray and ask Jesus to save you. That Fill out one of those cards. There's a box that says, I prayed to receive Christ. Mark that box and leave it with me. Leave it with somebody this morning or in your church pew. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you for how you love and care for us. God, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, has never been saved, I pray you give them grace to call out on you for salvation right now. And if that's you, would you just invite him in? Just pray, dear Lord Jesus. I ask you right now to forgive me of all my past, present, and future sin. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And I, Jesus, I ask you to save me. Completely and totally. And I'm yours, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, your main attitude of prayer. Maybe God dealt with your heart about returning to Him. Maybe you're faithful in a lot of areas, but there's some things you've been struggling with. Maybe you just want to pray for one another. Maybe pray for your neighbor. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to pray once again in just a moment. And, and this altar is open for you if you want to come and kneel before the Lord. God, you're good and gracious and kind. Thank you for your word. Help us to be obedient to it. God, teach us. 
I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd be clear and we'd hear you clearly. Let, let us hear what the Spirit has to say, we pray in Jesus' name. God, dealing with your heart, or you'd love somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. However it is, you come. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Grateful that you're here. We'll ask our men if you'll begin to uh, take your place so that you can help take up our offering as we um, leave today. Um, I've instructed them to look hard and look long. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody okay? Don't make any jokes now, preacher. It's not the time. So, fair enough. All right. So, hey, grateful that you're here. I uh, hope that you'll make plans. Please, please, if you can, come back tonight, uh, 5 o'clock. I believe you'll be blessed by tonight, uh, challenged, and it'll be a good time together. So looking forward to seeing you then um, and grateful for you. Let's stand together and let's pray. Jesus, you're good. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for so many in this room that are faithful to give. God, I, I pray you continue to bless them, and uh, Lord, pray that we'd all uh, just grow in this area, grow and help us to be more faithful to you, more obedient, 
And God, use it for your kingdom and your glory. Uh, Go before us and behind us this week. Help us to be a witness for you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Take my heart.